Let's be turning to two openings, James 3 and Proverbs 18. In James, the third chapter and chapter 2, excuse me, verse 2, chapter 3, verse 2 of James, he said, In many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. Young's literal translation says, If anyone in word does not stumble, this one is a perfect man, able to bridle the whole body. Is it true? If you control your words, you can control your entire body? I got three or four nods. I I didn't write this. NIV says, we all stumble in many ways. We have. If anyone is never at fault in what he says, he is a perfect man. Now, perfect here does not mean flawless. It means fully developed, uh, grown up, mature, and fully developed. And this is one of the big indicators of where you and I are in our spiritual development. Whether we are infants, spiritual babies, or whether we're growing up, or whether we are fleshy, flesh-ruled, or carnal, or whether we are spiritual. How much do we miss it in what we say? This reveals us, this shows us. You don't have to be a a spiritual person, doesn't have to be around somebody very long uh, to find out where they are spiritually. They'll tell you. (laughs) Or you'll tell other people. Either way. But uh, how would you know that you're really developing and you're really becoming more spiritual? Then you'll go days and not miss it in what you say. You'll go weeks and not miss it in what you say. Is this possible for us, friends? It is. The scripture said, he that says he abides in him, in Jesus, ought himself also so to walk, even as he walked. How long would Jesus go and not miss it in what he said? (laughs) Month after month after month, right? Year after, and not missing what he said. And he's not doing that as God. He's doing that as a man. Anointed by the Spirit. And has he not anointed us with the same Spirit? Didn't he tell us if we'd believe on him, the works he did, we'd do also? Didn't he say that? Then it is gloriously possible for you and I to get a hold of ourselves. After all, who's making us say what we say? Huh? Who's making you say the words that you choose to say? No. We, the Lord has bought us and paid for us and given us this freedom both by creation and redemption. He has made us speaking spirits like himself. Given us the ability to choose what we will believe and choose what we will say. An old friend in that ability is the ability to create and to change and to rule and reign in life by Christ Jesus. Can you say glory to God? He said, if you don't miss it in what you say, you can control your whole body. He went on to say, just like the horse is controlled with the bit in its mouth, just like the ship, though it is so big, And driven by huge waves and fierce winds. It it can be totally turned around with that small rudder. And he went on to say just like what that bit is to the horse's mouth. What that rudder is to the ship. Your tongue is to your life. If we're writing today you might say the tongue is the steering wheel. And so if you can control your whole body, that means you could speak changes over your kidneys, over your lungs, over your glands, your bones, your joints. 
You never want to say, my arthritis is acting up. (laughs) How many know what I'm saying? What if your joints are swelled and painful? Well, you can comment on it or you can change it. Come on, are y'all listening to me? Your words, you can remark or remake. Oh, that was worth you combing your hair and coming to church this morning, right? When when the Lord speaks, we, we read in the Psalms, He said it and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. Every word the Lord commands comes to pass, doesn't it? One hundred percent. He speaks no idle, empty, non-working words. And he told us not to either, didn't he? Didn't he warn us about speaking idle words? We'd have to give an account for them. That's what that word idle means is non-working We need to put our words to work. Quit saying a bunch of lazy. These words are either uh, detrimental. They're either hurting us. Or they're just lazy and empty. Either way. We need to give them a kick. And stop saying the detrimental. And put our words to work. What does it mean put your words to work? Make them work for you instead of against you. Why would you say, I have trouble with this? That's a weak area of mine. I can't do anything right. I guess I'll never. I guess we'll never have. Why would you say it? Because you absolutely don't believe the Bible. That death and life is in the power of the tongue. But I'm, I believe I'm not talking to unbelievers in this church with the faith sign on the front. Come on now, this, huh? <laughs> Turn to Proverbs 18. Proverbs 18 and 20. What did it say? A man's belly will be satisfied with what? Not, not just the sweat of your brow. Now it's good to be diligent. It's good to be a hard worker. But that by itself is not enough. There, you know there's people that's been hard working folks. Their whole life. And been absolutely poverty stricken. Their whole life. Working hard. You can work three jobs. You can work yourself down. And many people that are hard workers. That's a good thing, but they don't realize all the while they're working so hard, they're talking against their self. Ah, poor man can't get ahead. You know, like I take one step forward and get knocked back three. Just, to, just by the time I get the paid for, you know, it breaks. Or this or that. And they don't realize they are undermining their hard work, their effort. Now tell me how you'll eat good. How you're going to be satisfied. With good words coming out of your mouth, with the fruit what your mouth produces, and with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. We should never talk decrease. We should not talk staying the same. We should always talk increase. Your life, your relationships, your finances, our church, our ministries, our businesses, we're coming up. Don't let anybody tell you you can't right now because of the economy this or that or because of who's in office or who's not in office. Or No, you can now, right now, this year, first quarter, this year, first weeks and first month, you can hit this thing with increase. Say it out loud. We're coming up right now. We're increasing in every good thing. Now, if you believe that, it releases something in your life. If you don't believe it, it's just empty. You're just like a parrot repeating something that I said or somebody, you know, 
Polly wants a cracker. Polly wants a cracker. <laughs> pretty bird, pretty bird. And some Christians' confessions are nothing more than that. That's all it is. Because it's not just you will have what you say. Mm-mm. You won't have everything you say. You must believe what you say. What did Jesus say? If you'll believe in your heart. If you'll not doubt. But believe in your heart. So this must be essential. To the process. And that's as they say. Where the rub comes in. (laughs) Believing it. But we got the answer for that too. If if your believing's not where it needs to be. How can you get there? So then faith comes. By hearing. Hearing by the anointed word, which is why you need to read that chapter every day. Why you need to be in church. We need to come together and believe for utterance. Why? Because the words of the Lord are not just informative. There's power in these words to come give us the ability to believe. And we get to where we can believe something and say it. It will affect change in our life. Come on, do you believe it? Sometimes people say, well, I said this and I said that and none of it worked. Well, you didn't believe it. Yeah, I did. No, you didn't. Well, yeah, I did. No way, no how. You did not. Well, you know, because you just got through telling me it didn't work. <laughs> if you believed it, you'd still be believing it. Some things take longer than a day or two. Longer than a year or two. That's one of the most amazing things about God. Now everything he says comes to pass. But not by tomorrow. Or even next week. Man he'll say a thing. Speak it through his prophet. Speak it through an angel. He'll say it into the earth. And it may go a thousand years. And look like it's never going to happen. But will it come to pass? There's some things right now. That he has said. It looks like there's no way. No how. But you just. How many believe it will happen? You just watch and see. It will come to pass. Everything else. He has said. Has come to pass. And these will too. A hundred percent. Of what he commands. And decrees. Comes to pass. What percentage of what you say. Comes to pass. Hmm? Two? Two percent? Less? One, one point six? What percent of what comes out of your mouth comes to pass? Well, first of all, it takes major mind renewal for us to even realize that words are for more than just communication. What do you believe happens when you speak? Well, people find out what I think. (laughs) People find out how I feel. People find out what I want. If that's all you believe ever happens, then that's all that happens. Because that's all you believe. I said it. They heard it. They understood. Now they know. That's it. But the Lord doesn't just speak to express. He didn't look out over the Darkness on the face of the deep and said, my, that's dark. He didn't just comment on it. You know, on a scale of one to ten, that is ten darkness. That is. (laughs) He doesn't just remark about it. He doesn't just comment on it. He used his words. He sent his word to change it. Didn't he? Are you and I made in his likeness and image? Are we made speaking spirits? Can we use words for more than just expression? For more than just communication? Can we use our words to change things? It is a glorious truth. What did verse 21 say here? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. It's very important that you take a moment and decide whether you believe that or not. 
Is this true or not? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Because people get, I know from experience, some folks get uh, annoyed with some of this kind of teaching. And they go, oh, you know that watching every word you say, that just, just puts me in bondage. If you say so. <laughs> it could set you free. By choosing the words of freedom. Does it matter what you say? How much does it matter? Life or death. According to the scripture. And not one isolated verse. There are so many verses that talk about this. We've already covered many. In this study. Death and life. Are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it. Shall eat the fruit thereof. What does that mean? Well if you love to talk. Whatever you love to talk, that's what you're going to have. You're going to eat the fruit of it. You talk death, you're going to have death. You talk broke and poor and and lack, you're going to have that. You talk failure and inability, insufficiency, you'll have it. You know, it it is a highly developed thing for poor folks to talk about how poor they are. Isn't it? I mean, it's just, it's just a common topic of, of conversation about, you know, how hard times are and how soon did you hear about so-and-so and what happened to them and, and yeah, and, and how this has gone up and so high and, and so-and-so lost their job and, and how bad it is. Well, if you, if you love to talk about that, what are you going to eat? You're going to eat the fruit of that. But even if you've experienced some trials and challenges and lack, all the more reason to talk increase, isn't it? Don't let your word lounge around and be lazy. Anybody can say what it is. Well, how is it? Oh, it's bad. (laughs) I just call it what it is. I just call it like it is. Well, it takes, Joe Sinner can do that. Takes no faith, takes no effort. That's letting your words just lounge around and be lazy and go, it is what it is. <laughs> it just is. It's bad and it's bad and, yeah, let's sing some blues. <laughs> Get drunk, feel sorry for ourselves. Huh? You could put your words to work. You could get up. You could say, words, stand up. You got a job to do. So here we go. Things are getting better. Things are turned. The Lord told me that I could turn around my life with my mouth. He told me just like a bit in a horse's mouth, just like a rudder on a ship. So here we go. I'm getting a hold of the steering wheel. I'm saying my life is turning around. My life is coming up. My life is getting better. And you need to say it when you got not one idea how it could be. Not one clue how it could be. Everything looks like it's only going to get worse. It takes faith to say that when it looks that way. But with the Lord, nothing's too hard. And that's all he needs. Somebody that will agree with him. And instead of speaking against what he said, agree with him. If he says all things are possible, what should you say? All things are possible. If he said you're more than a conqueror, what should you say? I'm more than a conqueror. If he said you can do all things through Christ, what should you say? I can do I can do it. If he says all your needs are met, what should you say? All my needs are met. Just say what he said. So simple. Well, I just don't know if I'm going to make it. He didn't say that. You have gotten away from him. You can't find any scriptures where he told you you might not make it. (laughs) Now you're writing your own script. Only say what he said. He said, by my stripes you are healed. He said, with long life I'll satisfy you. Show you my salvation. Didn't he say it? He said, I redeem your life. Your youth is renewed like the eagles. 
Man, it's hard getting old. I tell you what. Getting old's not for the faint of heart, man. Ooh, can't remember anything anymore. And feel like 40 miles of muddy road, man. You know, it's getting old business. And everybody laughs about it. They think that's okay to talk like that. We got to be nuts to talk like that. Because you got uh, aging and the curse in the earth and all this stuff to deal with as well. Why would you take your words and shoot yourself with them? Why would you do that? And just make a, a challenge in the situation twice as hard. You get to feeling old and get to feeling some symptoms here and there. It is time to put your words to work for you. Don't just comment on the situation. Change the situation. Don't just remark this about the situation. Remake the situation. It is in our power. Life and death is in the power of our tongues. It's time to get up and say, my youth is being renewed. My latter days will be greater than my first. I mean, the outward man might be growing older, but the inward man is renewed day by day. The Lord is my strength. I will go in the strength of the Lord my God. I'm strong in the Lord. And in the past. Now, if you talk like that and you believe that, Will that not change you? The Bible says it has the power to change your whole body. Change your mind. Never should you grab your head and go, I, just, I can't think straight. What is wrong with me? I can help you with that. I can tell you what's wrong with you. <laughs> One of the big things is right under your nose. <laughs> what is wrong with me? I just, I can't think. I can't. If you say so. If you feel the symptom of challenge like that. What's it time to say? Thank you Lord. I have the mind of Christ. God didn't give me a spirit of fear. I do not have a spirit of fear. Or confusion. God's not in confusion. God's in me. So confusion is not in me. He's made me of sound mind and heart. He's made me of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. I'm bright and sharp by the anointing on me. Thank you, Lord. You bring everything to my remembrance that I need to know and see and do. Do you have to feel that way to say that? It's all the more important that you say it when you don't feel that way. Put your words to work. Can you say amen? Amen Amen means so be it. Go to Numbers, please, this morning. Numbers 22. The Bible said in verse 1 that the children of Israel sit forward and pitched in the plains of Moab. And Balak, the son of Zippor, saw all that Israel had done to the Amorites. They had defeated them, destroyed them. And Moab was so afraid of the people because there are many. Moab was distressed because of the children of Israel. And Moab said to the children of Midian, Now shall this company lick up all that are round about us as the ox licks up the grass of the field. Is this helping them or hurting them? Notice what they're saying about their enemies. Man, they are going to come in here and destroy us. They're going to mop us up. They're going to mow us down like a cow eating up the grass. Don't help your enemy destroy you. (laughs) Don't do it. Say what we were saying a few moments ago. No weapon formed against me will prosper. Mm -mm. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. No enemy is going to come in, destroy my life, destroy my family. No. No. Destroy our business. Consume our finances. Not gonna happen. No. No. Because the Lord keeps me. He protects us. He sustains us. Put your words to work for you. Well. 
Balak, the king, he sent messengers to Balaam. And he called him and said, Behold, look, there's a people that's come up from Egypt, and they cover the face of the earth, and they abide over against me. Come now, I pray you, and curse me, this people. Now, curse doesn't mean cuss. He's not saying come here and call them some names. (laughs) You blankety blank, blank, blank folks. Uh Uh-uh. No, no. He's mentioning cursing versus blessing. And uh, most of the church world, the only thing they know about blessing is if somebody says, achoo. And they go, bless you. God bless you. And it doesn't mean one thing. It is an, it's one of those pretty bird. <laughs> it's empty. It was never supposed to be that way. From the beginning. The word of curse is a word that ministers death and weakness and obstructs and stops. The word of blessing empowers enables to succeed and win and increase and multiply and religion has reduced this to would you bless us and and some little something is said or or something done and it's more of it's more like a heathen incantation or or hocus pocus it's sad what these things have been reduced to But what we're about to see is this man, this king, knew that this man had developed an ability to speak. Notice, he said, come and curse me, this people, because they're too mighty for me. He doesn't feel confident in taking them on militarily. He needs some help. And so he goes to somebody to get them to talk. He says, I want that he whom you blessed is blessed. And he whom you cursed is cursed. Now what W-O-T means no. Other translations bring it out like this. I have known that he whom you blessed, what? Is. It happens. When Balaam spoke blessing over somebody or a family or a group it happened when he spoke curse they wouldn't be able to succeed they wouldn't be able to success and it was it had happened prominently and so many times that people knew it when Balaam says it it happens and it was so well known that the king was willing to To pay any price. If he could get him. To say something. Negatively over his enemy. If he could get Balaam to say. That they would not be successful. That they would not win in battle. That they were not blessed. They were cursed. So he sends. His envoys. And he sends his rewards. Because he says I know. This is the king talking. Now how many understand a king with his military might by today's standard billions and billions or trillions. This is a kingdom. This is a nation. Why is he going to a man? A spiritual man trying to get him to say something. See this sounds strange to our ears today but from the beginning it's always been this way. God is spirit and he speaks and things are done. He has made mankind, including you and me, in his own likeness and image, speaking spirits. And though most of the world lives and dies and never has a clue who and what they are, must let's operate in it, there have been a few throughout the generations that learn how and that learn the power of what you say. And develop in it to the point where when they speak blessing, it's blessed. And when they speak cursing, it's cursed. When they loose, it's loosed. And when they bind, it is bound. 
Balaam had developed in this. And he had exercised enough in it until people knew. They knew situations where he had spoke over this. And man it happened. And he spoke over that. And it happened. To the point where when the king is concerned for the continued existence of his whole kingdom. That's where he goes. Confident that if he can get this man to say the right things on his behalf. He'll overcome. So. Verse 7, the elders of Moab and the elders of Midian, they they came with their rewards to Balaam and they spoke to him the words of Balak. And verse 8, notice what Balaam did not do. He did not start talking. They're offering him millions of dollars. They're offering him houses, estates, chariots, huge sums of money. So why didn't he just say, sure, sure. What you want me to say? I'll say some stuff. For 10 million? You know it. What you want said? Mm-mm. No. What did he say? He said, stay here tonight. And I'll bring you word again as the Lord speaks to me. I'm going to have to go see what I need to say. Now here we see a big revelation Of how he got to the place where he got in his words. Hmm? He didn't just. Remember we read in Psalms. What is it? Psalm 12. Where they said our lips are our own. Who is Lord over us? That means I say whatever I want to say. Yeah you can. And your words will be weak and meaningless and powerless all your life. But if Jesus is your Lord. You can say my lips are not my own. And so I'm going to discipline myself in every episode of life to go to him and let him tell me what I should say. Oh, come on, are y'all with me? And Balaam had disciplined himself to the point that when he spoke, it happened. So much so that kings were willing to pay him any price to come say things that they won't said. Because they know it'll happen. He said, Well, no, you stay right here. I'm going to seek the Lord. So he went, and the Lord came to Balaam. He said, What men are these with you? I don't think he said that because he didn't know. And Balaam said, uh, That's Balak's boys. Uh, he sent them, and he told him what he had said. Verse 12 God said, You will not go with them. And you're not to curse these people because they are blessed. <laughs> What's he telling him? You can't say what he wants you to say. No. Can't say it. So he went and told him, he said, you need to get back to your house because the Lord won't let me go with you. And they went back and told the king. They said, he refuses to come. And Balak, I'm sure, was indignant. He's the king. He sent more princes, more and more honorable. And they came to Balaam and they said, Thus says Balak, let nothing hinder you from coming to me. For I will promote you to very great honor. I will do whatever you say to me. Come, I pray you, and curse me this people. Now I want you to see how much a heathen king valued his words. Do we need mind renewal in this area? See, we've become a generation of chatters and yakkers and foolish talkers and words mean nothing. But surely if a man, not even born again in the new covenant, can develop to this point, why couldn't a child of God? Why couldn't a child of God in today's day and age develop the same discipline? And have the power on their words come up. And Balaam answered and said. If Balak would give me his house full of silver and gold. I cannot go beyond the word of the Lord my God. To do less or to do more. I can't say it. I can only say what he says. This is how Balaam's words got so powerful. 
because he only said what he heard the Lord say to him to say. Would the Lord tell us what to say in every part of our life? But so many times folks won't wait on him. They just say whatever they feel. They just say whatever thoughts come across. They say whatever other people are saying. But if we're having trouble, challenges, attacks, and relationships, and money, and whatever it is, if we just, step number one, button your lip. Don't, death and life's in the power of what I say. You're hit with an attack, with a challenge, with a bad report. It's critical what happens next. What comes out of your mouth can make the difference between living and dying. What should you do? What should you and I do? What should we do? We should seek the Lord. We should check our heart. We should say, Lord, what do I say? What do I say about this? What do I say? And oh, if you've been feeding on the word for years, come on. If you've been putting his words in you for years, it's in there. He'll bring it right up to you. It might be something from this verse and something from that verse or it might be something from this. But he'll put it together and it'll be exactly what needs to be said in this situation, this moment in time. And when it comes up in you, you'll know it. Oh, that's it. That's it. That's it. And when you say it, it won't just be a comment. It will effect change. In your situation. But see people have learned. Faith principles. And authority in Christ principles. And so something comes up. And they just yield to panic. And start hollering. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And da 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 da. And do this. And we rebuke. And we bind. And, and we do this. And nothing happens. It's just dead and empty. And no one, and people go away. Well, Why didn't that work? Learn this principle. Now, I'm not necessarily saying that you're going to have to wait a long time to find out what to say. You might. But if the Lord knows you need it right now, he'll give it to you right now. It'll come up. It can come up in a split second. But the important thing is that in all of our ways, we acknowledge him. And don't just use our own words and don't just say whatever we think we want to say. We look to him and say, what do I say? What do I say, Lord? What do I say about this? Show me what to say. I think that's what the master was doing when they came and said, you know, this woman taking the act of adultery, law says stoner, what do you say? He didn't answer. He stooped down. Started writing. I believe he's looking. He's operating as a man. I believe he's looking and checking. And the Bible said, this went on for a little while because the Bible said they kept pushing him about it and, and trying to make him answer them. And, and he didn't. I don't know how long it went. Maybe minutes. In a situation like that, a few minutes seemed like a long time. But eventually, I believe, he, I believe he smiled. He stood up. He said, he that's without sin among you, let him cast the first stone. Stoop back down. Changed everything. How many know the wisdom of God was in those words? And the compassion of God was in those words. And the grace and the goodness of God was in those words. There was so much. It was the perfect thing to say. Wasn't it? Now, instead of them being on the offensive, instantly they're on the defensive. And they thought, oh. I'm not going to throw the first rock. You throw the first rock, man. And the people are looking at him like, you better not pick up a rock. I know you. You better not pick up a rock. (laughs) Is there a perfect thing to say in every critical time of life, in, in every situation? Could we speak life instead of death? Could we speak faith instead of fear and panic? Could we speak peace instead of confusion? But we'll have to look. Sometimes we'll have to wait. They came and they offered him more and more. But he wouldn't do it. Uh, 
Verse 37. Balak said. Did I not earnestly send to you. And call you. Why didn't you come to me. Am I not able indeed to promote you to honor? He's the king. He's used to people doing what he says when he says. And he can't get this guy to say what he's wanting to say. Why would he care so much that this man says something? He says, because I know. If you curse them, they're cursed. Balaam said, I am come to you. Have I now any power at all to say anything? The word that the Lord puts in my mouth, that shall I speak. I think everybody ought to say that right now. Say it right now. The word that the Lord puts in my mouth, that I shall speak. Amen. What do you say? The word the Lord puts in my mouth. That's what I'm going to say. What about this bill and how are we going to do that? And what about this? And what about that? And so-and-so's attack with this physical issue. And, and so-and-so's having a problem. And the kids and the grandkids. And, and this and that. See, millions of Christians, what do they do when they hear stuff? Oh, they'll tear up. They'll start crying. They think it shows they're a good Christian because they care so much. If you care, you don't want to be part of the problem. If you care, you want to do something to help it. To make a change. And you crying and being scared hurts the situation. Sometimes they were looking to you for help. And here you are crumbling and falling apart. Made them feel like, boy, it must really be worthless. Uh, or excuse me, hopeless. Because uh, I thought maybe they'd have some faith. But look, they're crying. Must be worse than I thought. When everybody else is talking failure and hopeless. We. You, you and me, God's taught us we know better. Come on, God has taught us for years. He has put this word in us and we're not just religious. This is real. Our families should be able to count on us. Our friends should be able to count. No matter how bad, how much everybody is shaking and scared and running, they ought to be looking at us and all that comes out of our eyes is faith. And no matter what's going on, they're not going to hear us talk death. They're not going to hear us talk failure. They're not going to hear us talk defeat. You're not going to hear us say it's not going to happen. There's no way, no how, too late, too impossible. No. The word the Lord puts in my mouth. That's what I'm going to say. And he'll put the right thing in your mouth at the right time. All you got to do is look for it. Seek and you shall find. Seek and you shall find. Can you say glory to God? Oh, somebody say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Say it again. Thank you, Lord. This is not the end. If I had time, we, this goes on for two or three chapters here. Finally, you know, Balak wouldn't leave him alone. He said, let me go with you personally. Let's go up here and look at them. Maybe you can curse them from here. <laughs> and so they offered their sacrifices and, and Balaam looks out over them and starts telling how powerful they are and how blessed they are. And how they're going to be like a, like a young lion. They're just going to consume everything in their path. And Balak says, whoa, 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 no, no, no. I said curse, curse. Quit, quit, come over here. You, you can only see just a little bit of them from back over here. Come over here on this side of the mountain and see if you can work up a curse. See, just we don't see the tail in them back there. They don't look all that impressive from this vantage point, did it? You know, curse them for me. Curse them. He looks at them. And he begins to speak again. And it's just blessing about how powerful they are, about how they're just going to consume everything in their path, and how that their how their end's going to be so glorious. And, and he says, Well, at least don't bless them if you're not going to curse them. Just don't bless them either. Just don't do anything. He said, I told you, I can't go beyond what the Lord puts in my mouth. 
Come on, listening. Verse 19, chapter 23, 19. He said, God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. Has he said it? And shall he not do it? Has he spoken? And shall he not make it good? Behold, I have received commandment to bless. And he has blessed and I cannot reverse it. Glory to God. Somebody say glory to God. Say glory to God. Glory to God. Chapter 24 goes on. Balak keeps raising the price. He says, name your price. Name your price. You want a billion dollars? I'll give you two billion. You know that valley down there in the southern part of my kingdom that's got the oasis and, and, and all that stuff? You want that? How about my summer home? I'm telling you, he just kept on. It was so much that Balaam bought it later. I don't know if you've read the rest of the story about Balaam. His name is synonymous with sellout and greed. He wanted it so bad, he could not curse them. But later on, he got to thinking about how he could get that money. And he went back and told the king, he said, well, I can't, uh, like I said, I can't curse them. But I tell you what you do. If you'll get them to go down and get mixed up with that idol worship bunch, and if they'll eat their sacrifices with them and commit fornication with them, he said uh, they'll lose their power. And you can, And he taught the king how to get them into sin and how to get them to curse themselves, so he could get that money. That happened after this. But at this point, he said that. He said, uh, verse 13, if he would give me his house full of silver and gold, I cannot go beyond the commandment of the Lord to do good or bad of my own mind. What the Lord says, that will I speak. Say that out loud. What the Lord says, that will I speak. Can you see, this is one of the big reasons why we need to know the written word, don't we? Because he has said all of this. And he'll bring to us the word in season from this that applies to our situation. And then when we speak it in faith, it'll change our situation. Go to John, please, 14th chapter. John 14, hearing these words, uh, I can only say what the Lord gives me to say, reminds me of somebody else. (laughs) Does it you? Who? The master. Jesus. In John, well, before we read that, read the 12th chapter in 49. These all go together. Back just to chapter 2 before that. 1249 of John, Jesus said, I have not spoken of myself, but the Father which sent me, he gave me a commandment, what I should say and what I should speak. So when Jesus was speaking, he said, the words I speak, I don't speak of myself. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Why? Because he was only saying and doing what the Father directed him to say and do. So even though you heard him saying it, you're hearing the Father. Because he's just saying what the Father gave him to say. And can you see how words could be so powerful in the earth through our mouth? Because it's more than just us. Hmm? It's the word of the Lord coming through us in the earth. And if light be would change it then, then light be will change it now. Whether he spoke it over or whether he spoke it through us. It's still his powerful word. John 14 and 10. 14 and 10, he said, Believest thou not that I'm in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwells in me. He does the works. Now you might say, well, yeah, but my brother Keith, that's Jesus. Think about it. How many of Jesus' words were idle and non-productive? None. Did he say words that weren't just commenting, but they changed things? He said, peace, be still. Be whole. Be cleansed. Be loosed. 
be free. And it happened. Verse 12. Verse 12. What does it say? Jesus said verily, verily. If he'd have said it, it would have been true. If he'd have used one verily, it would have been true. And then some. Two verilies. He that believes on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. Is he saying we can speak like him and live like him and walk like him? Yes. Yes. And John 15, 7. John 15, 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will. And what? You shall ask what you will and it shall be done to you. Why? His words are in you. His words are in you. And his words are coming through you. And when you say it, it happens. Can you say glory to God? No, it's not just grabbing something off the top of your head. And I'm going to be a multi-billionaire before the sun goes down. You don't believe that at all. Yeah, I do. No, you don't. Don't kid yourself. You will never become a person of powerful words playing games. This is about really totally believing something in your heart. And believing that when you say it, it happens. This ain't trying, pretending, playing, carrying on. These are holy things. They're not to be toyed and played with. They're to be taken seriously. They're to be rejoiced in. Realizing, I'm not just a dumb animal. I'm a speaking spirit. Made in the image of the Almighty. (laughs) I got the ability to speak over my world and over my life. Speak over everything that's under my hand and under my power. I got the ability and the privilege to rule and reign in life as a king does with his words. But I must not be loose with my words. The Lord said something to me years ago about this. He said, son, if you'll be more selective, you'll be more effective. Talking about my words. What does that mean? You know what we've been talking about all morning? Don't just say the first thing that crosses your mind. Don't just say what other people are saying. It's time for you to look inside where the Spirit of God dwells in you and say, what should I say about this? You may not know today what you should say about that. It might be a week. Are y'all with me? Some things that are not time critical, it might be a year. We haven't learned to live like that, have we? Folks just, whatever crosses their mind comes out their mouth (laughs) with no filter. (laughs) Mind mouth. (laughs) A lot of times folks afterwards go, ah, I shouldn't have said that. And that's why people's words are so meaningless and so powerless. Think about this man. Under the Old Testament, a man who had moral flaws, big time, and yet over the years had developed in his ability to speak so that kings would offer him giant sums of money if he would say what they wanted him to say. What's his first response? I got to go check. I got to go see what I can say about that. And the Lord says, no, you can't say that. Because I say this. Hmm. Go to Ephesians in closing, please. Ephesians, the uh, fourth chapter. Now, I'd like to get into this more later on, if the Lord would allow us and direct us. Ephesians 4 and 29. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Did you say try? No. (laughs) Don't let it come out of your mouth. Should we take New Testament scriptures like this seriously? Should we do what he told us to do? 
Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Now the word corrupt uh, literally means worthless and are rotten. Don't let any worthless words come out of your mouth. Don't let any rotten, also the word hurtful is descriptive, harmful, bad words come out of your mouth. How many? How much? No. Let no rotten, bad, damaging, hurtful words, none of them, don't let them come out of your mouth. Should we take the New Testament seriously? Don't let it proceed out of your mouth. But this is what comes out of your mouth. That which is good, not rotten, good, not harmful, good, helpful, good to the use of edifying. Edifying. The word edify means to build or to build up. Or to strengthen. Or to establish. That which is good. To the use of edifying. Now get this. That it. It what? The words coming out of your mouth. May minister grace. The word minister has to do with imparting. And impartation. Listen to the Weiss translation. Every word that is rotten. And unfit for use. Out of your mouth let it not be proceeding. But whatever is good, suitable for edification with respect to the need, in order that it may impart grace to the hearers. This is part of what I believe for every time I get up to speak. I'm believing, Lord. I'm a vessel. You can use anybody you want to. It's my privilege to get used today. Speak through me. Lord, let words come through me that minister a supply of the Spirit in the spirits and minds and impart strength and ability. This is not just about information. This is not just about learning something new. How many believe the words of the Lord are quick and quickening? They are alive. They are powerful. They're discerning and separating and go right to the core, right to the heart. They can come in you and you can be feeble, need and weak and they can stand you up on your feet. Come on, they can stand you up on your feet. You heard the sister talking about wanting to quit. Well, you know, anybody could say don't quit. That don't mean it helps you all that much. But when the Spirit of God quickens you and you say it in faith, then it's not just a little pat on the back, don't quit. It's power coming into you to help you not to quit. That is happening in this church. That is increasing in this church. And it doesn't stop when the service is over. Because this word is in you. This faith is in you. The spirit of God is in you. And on a Tuesday afternoon. Or on a Thursday evening. And somebody calling and crying with you on the phone. Are you looking and talking to somebody on the street. God you'll, you'll be looking on the inside. And say Lord what is the word. What is the word that will encourage them. What is the word that will impart grace. To this man, to this woman, and as you wait on him and look for it, it'll come up in your spirit. And you go, oh, that's it, that's it, that's it. And it may may be the simplest phrase. It doesn't have to be some $50 words and, and King James quoting of nine verses. What was that word? Don't quit. But it was anointed. Somebody say glory to God. And there might have been 20 people over the last six weeks that told them you can do it, you'll be okay. But there was no faith in it. And there was no power in it. It didn't mean anything. And Lord have you put a hand on their shoulder and look them in the eye and say you will make it through this. You will. You are coming through this. 
and it'll be better than before. But you can't say that just because you want to say it. Or just because you said it last time. If you want your words to have power, what do you have to do? You have to check. You have to check. Okay, Lord, what, what is the thing? What is the word to say to them? And you may, you may not have it right when you think you want it. You may have to wait. Maybe somebody that you see every day and you wanted to tell them Monday, but you just didn't have it clear. And, and you keep, your love keeps looking and, and your faith keeps looking. And it might be two weeks later, but glory to God, y'all happen to be at the right place at the right time and, and it comes up in you and it's clear as a bell. And, and you say it and it means something. Can you see where God's taking us? He's taking us up out of childhood, playing games, making confessions like Polly wants a cracker, taking us up to operate like the master. Come on now to where we believe it in our heart and we say it with our mouth and it comes to pass. We're not saying a bunch of stuff. We don't say, make comments. We don't make confessions about everything because we don't have it. We don't have the prompting. We don't have the unction. But if we'll discipline ourselves and be more selective, the power will just come up and come up and come up and come up. And if it could happen under the old covenant with heathen kings, why couldn't it happen in our day and time with the Holy Spirit on us in the name of Jesus? And come on now, they come to pass where people talk about you. So well, I tell you what, if you'll get them to come speak over you. <laughs> <laughs> see if you can get them to say something over you because man if you do and then of course the, the ideal is for them to know the Lord and them to grow up and realize they can speak over themselves oh glory to God glory to God stand up on your feet put that scripture back up on the screen again please Ephesians 4.29 Ephesians 4.29 let's look at the new century The NCV, the NCV, do we have that one? He said, when you talk, when you do, because you don't always talk. (laughs) But when you do, what? Do not say harmful things. We are not in the cursing business. Blessing only. But say what people need. Men are saved by hearing words. Isn't it true? The gospel? Words? That's what the angel told uh, uh, Cornelius. He said, send for Peter. He'll come and tell you words whereby you and your whole house will be saved. By what? By hearing these words. Tell them words that'll help others become stronger. Then what you say It won't just inform them. What will it do? What you say will do good. Will do something good to those who listen to you. And we can say like the Lord says about his words. He said my word comes out of my mouth will not return to me void. It will prosper in what I send it to do. It will accomplish what I send it to do. Close your eyes, said out loud, thank you, Lord, for making me in your own image a speaking spirit like yourself. Thank you for opening my eyes to see these truths. Set a watch at the door of my mouth. Alert me, check me, lest I say wrong things. Lest I speak death, harmful things, and show me how, like my Master Jesus, to look to you, to wait on you, and only say what I hear you say. Only speak the words you put in my mouth. Thank you for lifting me up. To a whole nother place, place. ruling and reigning reigning. in life life. 
by Christ Jesus. Praise you, Lord. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.